like at the height of Hulkamania, he was going to quit Hulkamania and just go on tour with Metallica and <laughs> be the basis for Metallica. Yeah, and somehow he had time to like put a demo tape together, you know, <laughs> while he was preparing to face the mammoth Andre the Giant in the biggest wrestling match in history. He had time to put a little demo together and send it to Metallica, you know, just a fallback in case his wrestling thing didn't work out in 1987. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He's sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 287 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me virtually is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, can you believe we are 113 episodes away from 400? Or you could say we're like 14 away from 300. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 300 is also a nice round number. Much like 400, but instead it's 300. Like that movie, uh, Mr. 300. (laughs) Yes. Okay, wait, wait a second. Was that Bernie Mac or was that Tom Selleck? That was... No, Mr. Baseball was Tom Selleck. Mr. 300 was Bernie Mac. God, I always get those two confused. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. How you how you doing, dude? Well, I think we would be completely remiss if we didn't talk about the death of another childhood hero this week. And I am not talking about Mac from Night Court. Unfortunately, he also passed this week. I know. I was so sad about that one, dude. Being serious, I was so sad about that one because Night Court was one of those staple shows that was must-watch TV for us at the house because Dad loved Night Court, we loved Night Court, Mom loved Night Court with Harry Anderson and uh, Bull and uh, John Larroquette. It was just such a a great show and so well done. And when I saw Mac passed away, I was really sad about that one too. Yeah, absolutely. Again, another piece of our childhood just ripped but the big one and the one that really affected i would imagine pretty much everybody listening is mr wonderful paul orndorff he passed away at the age of 71 this week and just another killer dude like losing your heroes it just it never gets easier and it seems to hurt more and more every single time it happens and this one dude i'll tell you as soon as i read the news i was like oh man that sucks but as Like, the day went on, it bothered me more and more. And I'll always remember Mr. Wonderful as really, like, the first heel that I ever truly hated. Because the first swerve I ever experienced was Mr. Wonderful turning on Hogan. And that was a killer for me. Like, it was Hogan. How dare you do that? Like, he had just turned good not that long before. And then that Saturday morning, we're watching, and he clubs Hogan, gives him the pile driver... Oh, man, that was a killer. So he was really like the first heel that I truly hated. And what a career the guy had in terms of guys that should have been champion but never were. I'm talking heavyweight champion or even IC champion. 
you got to put Mr. Wonderful at the top of at least one of those lists. And just another huge loss, another piece of our childhood ripped away, and he's going to be missed. He's definitely one of the greats. Heavyweight champion or not, the dude is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer and RIP Mr. Wonderful. When he gave that pile driver to Hogan, we were super young. I remember thinking, this is the end of Hulkamania right here. Yeah. This is this is it. Mr. Wonderful is ending Hulkamania right here. He's the biggest threat to Hulkamania. And then, of course, we all know Hogan won. You know, Hogan did his uh, usual thing from 84 to 87, 88. But he was, like you said, he was that threat to Hogan that was just like, this isn't a Barry Hulkamania right here. And you're 100% correct. He should have been one of those guys that carried an icy title or a heavyweight title. I can't remember if he won the U.S. title in WCW or if he, it was just the television title. He won the television title and the tag team championship. That's right. Okay. So in WCW, I thought he should have had a run with at least the U.S. title because there were Agreed. some big there were some big names at that time that were carrying the heavyweight title. So I don't know if he should have really touched the heavyweight title in WCW at that time, but at least the U.S. title. Uh, no, I totally agree with you, dude. And that was kind of the cool thing about NWA slash WCW is they had those mid-tier titles. A couple of them, right? Because you had the U.S. title, but you also had the television championship. And I think at one point they had like the NWA um, Heritage or Northern States Heritage Championship or something like that. So they had a way of recognizing the mid-card with more than just one title. You can argue whether that's good or bad, but a guy like Mr. Wonderful really, especially in the 80s, should have been at the top of at least the mid-card, if not the heavyweight champion. Like if he had defeated Hogan... That would have been 100% believable to me because Orndorff was that good. That dude was a machine in the ring. And again, another huge loss, another piece of our childhood ripped away. And I feel horrible for his family. And, you know, 71 really, gosh, it's not that old. And I still feel he had a lot of life left ahead of him. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And he will certainly be missed. Me personally, the Orndorff match, I'll never forget was the cage match. And I think a lot of people echo that as well. The cage match with Hogan, where both guys touched the floor at the same time, that was incredible. I'll never forget, we were actually at a house show that night in Oakland at the Coliseum. And we had taped Saturday Night's Main Event, raced home, immediately started watching it. And you and I are like on the edge of our seats, like, oh my gosh, did Orndorff just unseat Hogan? Like, did he just win the title? Like, we were just blown away. And then you watch the rollback and both guys' feet touch at the same time. And it was an incredible match. It was a great moment. Everybody that watched it completely remembers it. But I'll always remember him as the first guy in wrestling. I truly hated it. It wasn't Flair. It was Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And he was that good of a heel. He, I, he had me hating him. I mean, even as a kid, just hated the guy's guts because he swerved on Hogan. So I remember being at that house show and the main event was it Hogan versus Kamala or Hogan versus boss man. I think it was Hogan and Kamala. Okay. So Hogan wrestles at Oakland Coliseum. We get home because we didn't know about tape delays and all this other stuff. I had no idea. Had no idea. We get home. And like you said, we had taped Saturday night's main event. And I'm like, man, how did Hogan get from the Oakland Coliseum to, I forget where they were that night <laughs> so fast. Cause like, I know I'm like only 
eight or nine years old. And I don't know my geography, but I know it should take a little bit longer because he's got to get to the Oakland airport. (laughs) He's got to get on a plane. He's got to fly to this place. And I remember it wasn't close around here. I was like, how the hell did he do that? Like, Hogan's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, like it took us an hour to get home from the Coliseum when a normal drive is like 15 minutes. Like, how did Hogan get to the airport so quick? (laughs) We were so naive back then. Yeah, and that was kind of the magic of wrestling, right? We had no idea. There was no internet, so we didn't know all the secrets behind it, like TV tapings and all that stuff. It was, you know, as a kid, it was kind of a magical time in wrestling. We still kind of believed in it, like believing in Santa, right? We believed wrestling was real, and everything about it, there was no script, and there was no pre-tapes. Everything was live. We had no idea, and that was the magic of it. But, man, Mr. Wonderful was that good, I would say... You know, never being decorated in the WWF, maybe he had a better WCW run than he did WWF. Because at least in WCW, they were putting titles on the guy. I think he was a two-time tag team champion, if I'm not mistaken. And he won the TV title. He had a face run. He had a heel run. And the dude was awesome in the ring. It didn't matter which federation he was in. He just kicked ass. And he actually came back later on, like during the Nitro years he came back because I remember that's when his arm, because he had the, uh, was it a muscular dystrophy type thing in his arm? Yeah, that was in a, a multi-man match, I believe. Uh, Jindrak was in O'Hare, I think, were in that match. And he did a pile like driver or something. Yeah, but I remember his left arm was smaller than his right arm, and they were explaining the uh, nerve thing he had going on. I can't remember exactly what the technical term of it is or the medical term of it is. But I started like focusing in on that. I'm like, man, what's happening to Paul Orndorff? You know, this isn't the 85 guy that was pile driving Hogan and that had the perfect physique LJN that Marty DeRosa called uh, Radical Ricky Awesome, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's crazy about that LJN too. He was so much taller than everybody else. Yes. But no knee pads and that always drove me nuts. Yeah. You're always going to find flaws with the 80s stuff, right? There's always yeah. going to be something... It- but what a great figure. Like everybody totally remembers the pose. Yep. I think in terms of customs, when guys are doing like Ultimate Warrior, I think Mr. Wonderful is the most used body when guys are doing those muscle-bound customs. Yep. Um, man, that guy was put together. And what's funny, if you ever watched him in the ring with Hogan, he wasn't taller than Hogan, but his LJN figure was. Actually, you mentioned the custom guys. Rick Root is also used a lot. Like people going in and redoing yes. Rick Root with the Paul Orndorff body. Yes, you're right. I've seen people do uh, the Road Warriors, too. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Hawks done. Yeah, exactly. They'll use that body as one of the the Road Warriors. But yeah, just a legend in the ring. And yeah, I was actually not too long ago, I watched that uh, multi-man match. And I forget who all was in it. I think Rey Mysterio might have been been in it. And Orndorff was on the face side and he gave somebody, was, I think it was either Jindrak or, Jindrak or O'Hare, a pile driver. And he couldn't get up. And he hurt himself in the ring, and that was it. That was the end of his in-ring career. But what a run it was, man. Uh, Just the dude was, like you said, Jeff, was always put together amazing physique, always had great matches, was just a machine in the ring. And it's just unfortunate that in WCW, he was way more decorated than he was in the WWF. I always felt, you know, and I've said it about Junkyard Dog, too. Just guys that you can throw into the conversation that if they weren't going to have a run with the heavyweight title at least give them that secondary run with one of your mid-card titles. 
or put him in a tag team and have him win some tag team gold. Just it's shocking. But hey, at the end of the day, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. And I guess that's really all that matters. And he'll absolutely be missed. He was in Dallas for WrestleMania 32 weekend at WrestleCon. And I remember I wanted to get Paul Orndorff's autograph, but I didn't have anything for Paul Orndorff to sign. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll get his autograph later. But it was hit or miss if he was going to be at cons. More times than not, it was a miss. Like, I think I saw him one more time and I didn't know he was going to be there. And I had that basic, you know, that awesome basic where he's in the white? In the white trunks. Yeah, that's an amazing figure. I was going to get that signed. I didn't see his name on that list for the con. And I was like, well, there's another missed opportunity of getting an Orndorff's autograph. I'll see him again. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him again. That really sucks, dude. And and again, we say it all the time. Never pass up an opportunity to meet your heroes. You have to do it. You have to because you never, ever know what's going to happen. And I was fortunate enough to meet him at a wrestle reunion in Los Angeles. Yep. And I got his classic superstars figure signed. Great guy. Uh, took his time with everybody. And this one bothers me, dude. It really, I've been thinking about him all week. It's ever since I found it out, it was like, man, that sucks. Mr. Wonderful passed away. And every day I just, I keep thinking about the guy and he was such a big part of my childhood. And I think that's really what it is. You think back to the Heenan family and how menacing they were, but there's not many of the Heenan family left. And that's just, it, dude, it's soul crushing. Like, it's just sad. These pieces of our childhood just taken away and you feel horrible for the families. And uh, it's, it's a sign we're getting old too, dude. <laughs> we're just, I know. I we're know. getting up there. Our heroes are dying and it's, it's just not easy, you know, but it shows how much they meant to us. You know, they were such a big part of us growing up that when we lose them, you know, it's almost like we're losing a family member. And that's kind of how I feel about Mr. Wonderful. You know, I felt it with Piper, felt it with Dusty, and definitely felt it with Macho Man. And feeling it this week for Mr. Wonderful, he will absolutely be missed. There's a picture floating around, and it's of Bobby Heenan's Heenan's family and all of the people who have passed away. Well, there's a few mi- people missing on that picture because they had John Studd, they had... Bundy, they had Mr. Perfect, they had Andre, and I forget the other few, but I had noticed that Hercules wasn't on it. Okay. But I also noticed that Harley wasn't in there. Oh, right. Yeah. Harley Race as well. So that picture just doesn't even do it justice of how many people have actually passed away from the Heenan family. Yeah. It's so sad. And then people put those pictures online of them going through the Heaven's Gates and all the wrestlers that have passed, you know, standing there to welcome them and. Ugh. All I can say is if you don't have a Mr. Wonderful figure in your collection, go out and get his Legends figure. If it's still sitting on the pegs at Target, go pick one up. Pay your respects to the man. Watch some Mr. Wonderful matches this weekend and raise a glass to him. R.I.P. the great Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. But Scott, for some good news, I did read that your favorite place, Taco Bell, is bringing back... Are you, are you getting all excited? I see the smile starting to crack. I think I know what you're going to say, and I actually have a story, but go ahead. Nacho fries, not Mexican yes. pizza. Yeah, not Mexican pizza. No, I knew this. So the other night, I got Taco Bell, and Shannon was cheating on her diet, and she's like, get me a naked chicken chalupa. So I go onto the app, because I always order Taco Bell through the app. I will tell everybody, if you order Taco Bell, don't just go to Taco Bell. Order through the app ahead of time. You get rewards. You save money. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm well-schooled 
in the ways of Taco Bell. So anyway, Shannon's like, I want a naked chicken chalupa. I'm like, no problem. So I go onto the app. I go to order it. They don't have it anymore. It's gone. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this means that the new item is upcoming. Great. I wonder what it's going to be. So I order the food. I go to Taco Bell. I, you know, mobile order for Scott, pull up to the window. They still had the signs up outside for the naked, uh, naked chicken chalupa. So I get to the window and I asked the dude, I'm like, hey, do you still have the naked chicken chalupa? And he goes, no, we just got rid of it like two days ago. Um, it's not on the menu anymore. I go, okay, that makes sense. I wasn't able to get it on the app. He goes, yeah, we're getting rid of it because the new item is coming out for next month. And he goes, I'm not supposed to say what it is, but it's nacho fries. And Peyton's sitting next to me and she actually liked the nacho fries more than I did. And she like perked up right away like, oh, like those are coming back quick. So she was super excited. But the dude said that it's going to be more than just nacho fries coming to the menu. They're going to be doing a whole bunch of new stuff. So everything they took away, it looks like is going to be replaced soon with new stuff. He said they're getting ready to add a bunch of stuff to the menu. So, you know, Taco Bell's not a sponsor, but stay tuned to Taco Bell. So when you pulled up in the drive-thru, did he go, Mr. Toon, hey, how you doing? So there is no more naked chalupas? Uh, No more naked chalupas, Scott? Like calling you by first name and calling you Mr. Toon? No, I I tell them, guys, come on. It's Mr. Toon. <laughs> Let's not get on a first name basis. That ruins things. I see people like making the burritos and stuff. They point and see me in the drive-thru. They're like, dude, is that at Feed Me Taco Bell? Is that <laughs> I'm like, yes, at, yeah, no pictures. Come on. At Feed Me underscore Taco Bell? Yes, at Feed Me underscore Taco Bell. Thank you. <laughs> I was just reading that, so I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. If you want to listen to any of our past podcasts, head on over to Podbean. You can listen to any of them on the go. Just download the app. You'll be able to go all the way back to Episode 1, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, did you pick anything up recently? Did you do any toy spotting? Uh, no, zero. Literally zero toy spotting. I went to go pick up the fan takeover Hogan the other day, and it was already gone. <laughs> it was literally that meme, and it's gone. So I missed out, unfortunately. So is it time for your omission? Yeah, I guess. So I was on the fence last week because of the stubble on the face. And after seeing the figure, I'm I'm completely sold. I'm I have to get it. I I have to have that figure. Black Eye Hogan will be coming home. It was funny, I got a couple text messages. I won't say from who, but everybody's like, Yeah, five o'clock shadow ain't deterring me on this one, man. I was like, it, Yeah, I don't blame you, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I love the tearaway shirt. I, I think I would be incomplete on my collection if I didn't have that Hogan in it. So, yes, when it goes back up for pre-order, I will be definitely getting one. The only thing that I wish that it was, I wish it was 87 Hogan. The defining moment with the torn bandana or whatever with the 87 wing title. Excuse me, the 87 title or 86 title whatever belt collectors correct me on a tearaway hulk hogan shirt hulkamania shirt so cloth goods instead of the poly pocket that came with the dm exactly okay or or yeah or even a hulk roll shirt 
Um, but that wouldn't be 80. You, you, that's kind of the wrong era of Hogan, though, right? Because Hulk rules was, I think, like late 87, 88. Uh, you could still, you could still <laughs> capture it in there, couldn't you? 86, 87, 88? Uh, see, then people start calling you out for being era specific. So if you're going to put that 86, you're talking about the title that you love, right? Like your favorite title. Correct. The 86, 87, the one he wore at WrestleMania three against Andre. See, it's gotta be that era Hogan. If you start using that title and then like a Hulk rules or the Hulk Americana logo, like you're, you're mishmashing Hogan eras, which I guess is a great idea for a figure. You know, if you wanted to do a mishmash like that, but I I would agree with you that they need to redo that DM Hogan. Not necessarily like fix it because there's anything wrong with it. Because it's, you know, next to the storm, it's my favorite Hogan of all time. But it could use the cloth tearaway shirt that they've done now. Maybe it could use a new face sculpt. You know, there's some tweaks that they can do to take what was a 2015-2016 figure, bring it into 2021. They're a step in the right direction with the the fan takeover ultimate edition. But I agree with you, Jeff, that a future release should be another 86 slash early 87 Hogan. For sure. Yeah. It's a small little nitpick that I have, but this figure is awesome. I like you, I love the black eye Hogan. Yeah, we've always needed that WrestleMania 9 Hogan, right? It's always been a big question, a big mystery. What happened to Hogan before 9? Why did he have a black eye? The right. fact that they're making a figure of it is incredible. But your suggestion, Jeff, I think it needs to be addressed at some point. We need another Hogan like that. Like 86, early 87 Hogan. You're absolutely right. We need another one. So from what I heard regarding the black eye, allegedly he was trying out for Metallica. Metallica was thinking get her, getting rid of Jason Newstead at the time. And Hogan was trying out for Metallica. And he swung the base up and it clocked him in the face. And that's how he got his black. Allegedly. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I see. That is that what went down? <laughs> that's what I've heard, dude. <laughs> I understand that you've also listened to the Hogan lies episode. <laughs> dude, everybody knows that Hogan story. Like what the hell? Wasn't Lars on Howard Stern or something? He didn't even know who Hogan was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's all because uh, Hogan was trying out after Cliff Burton passed away, right? <laughs> yes that's how the story goes metallica was looking for a bassist like at the height of hulkamania he was gonna quit hulkamania and just go on tour with metallica and be the basis for metallica yeah and somehow he had time to like put a demo tape together you know <laughs> while he was preparing to face the mammoth andre the giant in the biggest wrestling match in history he had time to put a little demo together and send it to metallica you know just a fallback in case his wrestling thing didn't work out <laughs> in 1987 oh dude anyways uh, enough of the, about that uh i did do a little bit of toy spot and i went to a couple targets this past weekend it was good to see figures on the peg uh that weren't legends the cenas were there obviously no vaders so it's now gone from vader to cena ah vaders dried up that actually makes me really happy dude because that warrants that figure you don't want to see him sitting around and actually, I'm seeing across the country, some people are taking pictures. Some of their Legends figures are getting discounted. So, like, really? horror movie barbecue, Chad? Yeah, great dude. He saw a Cena that was $13.99 or something like that. It was marked down. It had the yellow clearance sticker on it. If only they had done this with Tito. I know, right? But then we wouldn't have the Legend that is Target Tito, so. But I'm going around our targets, and I don't see anything on clearance. I was like... Goddamn California, dude. Yeah, we don't clearance anything. 
Scott, we do have a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, what you got for other toy news? Well, it's pretty much all G.I. Joe this week, as you can imagine, if you are following along at all with anything from Super 7 or Hasbro. First off, the Zartan San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, or Hasbro Pulse Con, pardon me, exclusive, that we had talked about last week. I didn't think it was possible. Hasbro leveled it up. This is going to be now a color-changing Zartan. So much like the 80s release Zartan that came with the little skiff, this Zartan Hasbro Pulse Con exclusive is going to be color changing. Which, look, the figure was already going to be in high demand. This was a game changer. Everybody and their mother wants this figure now. If you are even thinking about getting into G.I. Joe, like this would be a great first piece to get. I'm hoping I can get my hands on one. We'll see. But this is going to be a highly sought after figure. Now that they're upping numbers on distribution with G.I. Joe figures, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem to get one. But you want to get it right away rather than waiting. More news from G.I. Joe. We talked about the Reaction Super 7 figures that are going to be coming out. We addressed those, I would say, about a month ago. We had some leaks on the first couple of waves. They announced their Ultimates today. And we all know that the Super 7 Ultimates, high price point, but super detailed. Tons of accessories. 7-inch scale. These will be exactly the same. These are based on the G.I. Joe cartoon. The one that we all know and love from the 80s. They are doing Duke, Snake Eyes, Cobra Commander, and a Cobra Bat Trooper or Robot, if you will. The Snake Eyes is his his look from the cartoon, which we all know the look of Snake Eyes from like the comic and the movies. This Snake Eyes is going to be in almost like a blue with a purple or lavender visor. Does come with timber. But if you are unfamiliar with the G.I. Joe cartoon from the 80s, you see the Snake Eyes. You're like, what the hell is that? That's not Snake Eyes. Like everybody's used to Snake Eyes being in black. This one's in like blue with a weird purple visor. Well, that's how he looked in the original cartoon. Uh, The Mass Device. It was like a four-part series early, early on in the G.I. Joe cartoon. So that's what Snake Eyes is based off. That, that of course, Duke, Cobra Commander, and Cobra Bat. All cartoon looks. Amazing detail. Amazing packaging. It's exactly what you would expect from Super 7 in their Ultimates line. Unfortunately for me, they are a pass. They're 55 bucks a pop, basically 220 for the whole set. I can't do it. I'm already getting classifieds. I'm getting retros. I, I, I can't dip my foot into the Super 7 pool. The reaction figures are 18 bucks a pop. There's like 15 of them or something like that in the first wave because they're doing multiple Cobra Troopers, multiple green shirts, Snake Eyes, Scarlet, Destro, Cobra Commander, Duke. Uh, no, maybe not Duke. There's like 15 figures, and I... At 18 bucks a pop, that's I can't do it. And then 220 for the ultimates, it's just out of my price range. The only one that I'm super tempted on, I think Cobra Commander is the best in the ultimates. I'm tempted to get a bat just to go with my classified figures, but there's going to be a bat coming in classified. 
So I think it's going to be a pass for me because the bat won't be $55. I love them. They look fantastic, but it's a pass for me, unfortunately, both the reaction and the ultimates. But if you have the funds, jump on it. Just like Ferris Bueller told you in Ferris Bueller's Day Off about the Porsche or the Corvette, whatever it was, if you have the means, go get yourself one. So if you have the means, go get one of these Ultimates figures. They're awesome. I just have to avoid them because I can't go down a $55 per figure rabbit hole. Unacceptable. The best part was is Cobra Commander came with two heads. Yes. The second head was exactly same as the one that came on the figure. Pretty much. Yeah, that was that made me laugh, dude. I was like, because like you look at Duke and Duke has an expression head. He has the head with the microphone coming down the left side of his face. And he yeah, has the headset. The stoic face that comes on the figure. Yep. But Cobra Commander comes with Cobra Commander's typical face and face shield. But the second head is the same exact head that comes on the figure. <laughs> <laughs> I was hella Steve, laughing about that. Yeah, Steve Hoker actually brought up a good point that maybe it should have been a hooded second head. Dude, but- it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. My coworker said the same exact thing. Yeah, maybe they should have gone with something else. Um, or even like battle damage on the, the mask. Right. Or the visor. Uh, whatever. Pretend that he's scowling underneath. Like, <laughs> make it work. <laughs> or did Ferris, maybe it was a Ferrari. Am I, oh, man. So we're going to get corrected on that. Okay, it was either a Porsche, a Ferrari, or a Corvette. I don't think it was a Corvette. Okay, it wasn't a Corvette. It was either a Porsche or a Ferrari. Maybe it was right. a Ferrari. Right, right. It was red, and it went through a window and crashed into a tree. How about that? There you go, man. This was a pile of garbage by the end of the film anyway, so there you go. So is that it for other news? That's it. Zartan Hasbro PulseCon exclusive. It's going to be a madhouse trying to get one. And G.I. Joe Ultimates from Super 7, if you have the means, go pre-order them. They're live right now, pal. The Zartan as well? Uh, Zartan, no, is not live yet. Uh, Zartan is coming soon, according to Hasbro Pulse. The link is up so you can go to his order page, but it just says pre-order coming soon. Speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, Steve Ozer tweeted out, I had mentioned to be prepared for this year's San Diego Comic-Con. There will be a lot of WWE pre-orders. Here's a glimpse of what's on tap. Please use this as a rough guide, and remember that specific timing of these can be a bit fluid. I'll update you if anything changes. So... Here are the dates and times for stuff coming up this upcoming week for San Diego Comic-Con. July 22nd, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Mattel Creations WWE Ultimate Edition Sergeant Slaughter. July 23rd, times to be determined. Amazon WWE Ultimate Edition Fan Takeover Jeff Hardy and Hulk Hogan. Mattel Creations items to be revealed, 719. Ringside Collectibles item to be revealed 723 during the panel. Target WWE Legends Series 12. July 24th, times to be determined. WWE Hollywood Elites and Masters of the WWE Universe Wave 7. Now, what are WWE Hollywood Elites? WWE Hollywood Elites are three figures of wrestlers that have been in movies. So, we will have Hogan as Mr. Nanny. We will have Zeus in No Holds Barred. And Sunny from Sunny Side Up, the vivid video. Oh, not from her OnlyFans account? No. Nobody wants to see that. (laughs) Vivid is a much higher quality production, Jeff. Oh, wait. We don't want to see that? Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Oh. Oh. 
I'm, I'm kind of a, a snob in that regard. You know, higher quality, it, it means more to me. Oh, yeah, I don't want to see that either. <laughs> Gotta unsubscribe from that. <laughs> <laughs> they give refunds on OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm just joking about the first three. Anyway, as you can tell, the first three in the Hollywood series is Rock is Moana. No. Is Rock from Moana, isn't it? No, it's not Rock from Moana. It's oh. supposed to be Rock from Fast and Furious, at least according to the picture. I was close. But that's funny. You could <laughs> say, because he's in like um, Moana garb, I guess, right? And he's smiling. Rock from the Tooth Fairy. Okay, better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just picture Rock, and he has the Hawaiian uh, skirt that he's wearing. Maybe that is Moana. I don't know, dude. I thought it was supposed to be from Fast and Furious, but you're right. It's Rock from Moana. John Cena. <laughs> John Cena from the Marine. Oh, the Marine. That's even better. <laughs> uh, no, John Cena from something. I don't even know what he was from. I'm going to guess Fast and Furious again. Okay. And they're making Roddy Piper They Live. So this is the Hollywood series that uh, pictures were leaked this past week. And the only figure that they showed was The Rock. Do you think series two is going to have X-Pac from One Night in China? <laughs> One can only hope. And then China from One Night in China, and then or it's a two-pack. Well, they got the licenses for all of them, so carry on, Mattel. I don't know if that's a Hollywood series. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yeah. I think they were all made in L.A., so. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, the Hollywood series is actually kind of cool because it's got the Hollywood logo. And then, like, in the corner, it has the picture of the wrestler. So, like, it had the rock from the movie in the corner. So, I thought that was kind of cool. I think they could do a good job with a Stone Cold from The Condemned. Yes. Or Kane from, uh, was it They Live? No. Sorry. No. Uh, what was that movie? See Kane No was? Evil. See No Evil. That was close. Yeah, they actually made two of those. So, yeah, that's a great call, dude. Kane with yeah. that big hook. That'd be awesome. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Uh, or Triple H's movie. That was WWE Films. Oh, gosh. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Here today, <laughs> gone today. <laughs> it was in theaters on July 25th and out of the theaters on July 26th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like Airheads. <laughs> oh, don't knock that movie. That movie was so good. It was. I loved it. But when I went and saw it, I was in the theater, I think, with you and Sean. And that was it. Such a great movie. Anyways, back to wrestling figures. Also, they showed off the figure for July 22nd that I was just talking about that Steve Ozer tweeted about. It is the Ultimate Edition Sergeant Slaughter. Ultimate Edition Sergeant Slaughter, he will be in camo gear. Well, the figure that when you open up the packaging, because the packaging is a trifold type deal. It's a box. Yeah, it just unfolds. And it is LJN style. It is very LJN-esque. It has a lot of the LJN artwork uh, with the people in the back. Actually, I think they got it from our shirt, Scott. I think that they did, yes. Yeah, because we have shirts like that. Yeah, but, without our permission, by the way. Yeah, I know. That's gimmick infringement. It is. Ultimate Edition Slaughter, it will come with an extra head, extra hands. He does have the glasses. He will have a camo jacket. Awesome figure. Can't wait to get that. Pre-orders for that is on Mattel Creations on July 22nd. So when you listen to the show, it will be this upcoming Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yep, he'll run you 35 bucks. And when you order him, there is a chance that you could get the variant 
which is black card LJN inside, but you won't know until you open it up. So on the inside, it's either blue or it's black. It's very reminiscent, as Jeff said, of the Sergeant Slaughter quote unquote LJN because it wasn't really an LJN. It was a Hasbro, but made to look like an LJN. That's the look that they were going for. And you have the chance of getting the variant, which is the black card quote unquote LJN. So good luck to everyone. I hope that you guys are able to get your hands on at least one. And if you get your hands on one, I hope it's a variant for you because I think that would be awesome. I'm going to order a bunch of them and never open them. And we will never know what I got. It'll just be one big mystery. Exactly. Because I will never open that trifold. (laughs) (laughs) I never opened the Cena NWO figure. So, Oh my gosh. But you had no problem shredding open that Ricky Steamboat. Well, dude, I had like three or four of them. Okay, well, if you have like 10 Sergeant Slaughters, you could open two. No. Okay, or not. <laughs> That's the mystery. It's a mystery pack. You are down with the sickness, dude. Oh, I am, dude. It's ridiculous. My my new coworker, the, our new employee, just came over the other day because he's visiting from Marietta, Georgia. And he walked in here and he's like, do you just keep them all on card? I was like, oh, yeah, I don't mess with opening those figures. But then you have your loose figures in the front of the house. Yeah, that's because I have like 19 closed ones and totes out in the garage. Ah, I see. Yes. Yeah. You know how this works. I know how this works. Also, going over to the fan takeover that will be Amazon exclusive. We talked about the Hogan already. So as I said, three heads total, Hulkamania bandana. I've already talked about that there. But there's also a Jeff Hardy that... Steve talked about he will come with a black tank top, spinner title, and two heads. He also has the hands that have the guns, like Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Shooter McGavin hands. Yeah, he's got the Shooter <laughs> McGavin hand. That could be uh, in the Hollywood series. Yeah, right. Yeah, Shooter <laughs> figure. I'd buy that. <laughs> so Jeff Hardy and Hogan on the fan takeover ultimate edition those will be going up on amazon also shown off this week cellas atom bomb removable glasses and a highlighter yellow singlet i can't wait for that dude i'm getting it it's such an upgrade because that's the cool part is you can kind of compare them to the original right and i listened to atom bomb's interview on pulling up a chair with tim And he went into how the process was done and how much input he had into making this figure. Man, you can see it. You compare it to the original green card Hasbro. Wow. Night and day. Like this should have been what came out back in the mid nineties. Not what Hasbro gave us. This thing blows that other one out of the water. It is fantastic looking. And I love the removable goggles on it. So they showed off the prototype on that figure. He's also got a really good tan going on. He does. It's like Bret Hart Series 8 red card tan. He does. Really, the only thing that's missing from that figure is the little football. Oh, yes. Great call. The Atom Bomb football. That would have been just the cherry on top. So that is it for the news this week. Next week is going to be what we call insane. So that will be next week. We are going to have a lot of news next week. so That'll pretty much be the whole show, if I had to guess. Yep, don't be expecting listener or nostalgia. So, Justin, JT, you can take a break next week. Yeah, it'll be a ton of news coming your way. It's not that we don't love your questions, because we absolutely do. We love you guys for sending those in each week. But San Diego Comic-Con, we kind of have to push stuff off. Wow, look at you giving out days off. Do I have to show up? (laughs) 
If you want to. I don't know if you want to or not. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so I'm feeling. I might call out sick. This job doesn't give out sick days or uh, PTO. The hell. <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> Scott, we've got a nostalgia segment to hit up. What do you say we jump into that? Let's do it. It is time for the nostalgia segment, but before we have you read off the list, we're going to have you guys head on over to Wrestling Figure Database, where you can follow along with us, checking out the figures as Scott goes down this list of WWE Elite 20. So again, check out WrestlingFigureDatabase.com, where you can check out every single figure that has ever been produced. Great site over there. I use it frequently. WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Calm. Scott, what you got for WWE Elite 20? Yes, sir. Mattel, WWE Elite Series 20 consisted of Flashback Christian, and he was in his yellow tights, packaged with a soft goods black mesh cutoff shirt. And I was going to call them sunglasses, Jeff, but I like your description must, much better. 2,000 space goggles. <laughs> Oh, did I put that? I was a little tired today. <laughs> you did. I, I was just going to go, he came with sunglasses accessory. You went above and beyond, sir, and put down the accessory as 2,000 space goggles. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I like that idea better. My only complaint about that figure is that it didn't have the sunglasses that went up over his head. Right. Those would have been incredible, but these... Very suitable for the figure. They are the goggles or sunglasses that were like big, like wide-eyed, like space alien eyes. Yeah, 2,000 space goggles. Perfect. Love it. Next up, CM Punk. And he was in his blue trunks, packaged with the spinner heavyweight title. Chris Jericho. And he was in his black trunks. And he was packaged with a light-up jacket accessory, a Polly Pocket style, that glows in the dark. The sleeves, specifically glow in the dark next up santino morella and he was packaged with a soft goods cobra hand sock Uh, (laughs) i I had a few of those as a kid (laughs) none of them turned green though like santino's remind me to send you a meme about a uh a sock anyways go ahead thank you i think i've seen it oh okay never mind and santino was in his blue and black singlet with his logo on the front cody rhodes He was in red trunks and white boots, and he had a long Polly Pocket style red and white jacket. And Jeff, your description, horrible face. You know, we were talking about Cody Rhodes figures just recently, and I have to say this is probably the worst Cody Rhodes ever produced. And I would have to agree with you on that, sir. Okay, cool. Awful, awful figure. It's funny, when it comes to Cody Rhodes figures, we agree on all of it. It, it, We really do. When we were answering Christopher Dean's question... It was like, okay, our favorite figure from Jax was the Dusty and Cody. Yes. You know, we just went down the list and it was like, oh, we agreed on all that. Everything jived. And I completely agree with you. Like, you look at this Cody Rhodes figure, you're like, okay, I see the package clearly says this is Cody Rhodes. The face says otherwise. Last, certainly not least, the great John Cena was packaged with several accessories, including a ladder, a red Money in the Bank briefcase, a green hat. Bring your green hat. A chain. 
And he was wearing his blue jorts. Traditional Cena look. And Jeff, that rounds out Mattel WWE Elite Series 20. The Chris Jericho was the one I was after because I wanted that glow-in-the-dark light-up jacket. Awesome figure. My favorite in the set. And I remember I had a buddy that got one as well. His light-up jacket didn't work. Oh, what? He was pissed, dude, because I bought two. I got one to keep in package, obviously, and one to open. The one I had opened, it worked fine. I put them out in the sun, you know, let them get some rays, and uh, I, I sprayed them down with some uh, tanning oil to make sure my Jericho was tanned. Oh, good. Yeah, he made uh, sure his solar panels on the jacket were facing upwards to gather all the sunlight to charge the jacket sufficiently. While the figure caught some rays, too. Yes. Yes. So I took the jacket, put it on, and it glowed in the dark. I was like, oh, that's that's so cool. You know, I I love that touch. And my buddy just goes, man, my Jericho didn't work. Like, you could just hear the deflation in his voice. And we actually had trouble finding this figure, so I couldn't get him another one as I was looking. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he was so disappointed. A great series, dude. Top to bottom, minus Cody Rhodes. All these figures yeah. are really good. Even Cena. Cena's good. Whatever. You know, it's another Cena, but it's it's a good Cena. Comes CM- with a ton of accessories. It was from his Money in the Bank win. And the CM Punk is actually really good. And I don't know if it's the blue trunks that makes it, or the spinner title, or the face, but it's a really good Punk. Solid. Solid CM Punk figure for sure. And and then I can't say enough good things about the Christian coming with the 2000 space goggles. Yeah, that one would be my second favorite in the assortment. But absolutely, Jeff, you're right. It, one simple head swap makes this one of the best series of elites top to bottom. The Jericho by far and away is my favorite. I absolutely love that figure. I love the jacket. It was that sequin jacket that he came back in that when it caught the lights right, just sparkled. So the glow in the dark piece totally made sense. Love that figure. The punk is great. Christian is outstanding. I love the inclusion of that black mesh shirt. Like it just totally captured that cocky Christian character that we all know and love. Uh, Very, very solid assortment minus Cody Rhodes face sculpt. You know, what's funny, dude, is now that I'm looking and thinking back on this series, three of these figures were hard to find. Christian, punk, and Jericho were hard to find out here the three best but you can find santino cody and cena all over the place and plenty yeah. of them yeah absolutely punk you would be able to find here and there i'm not gonna say he was completely wiped out when the series came in but he wasn't the easiest to find like cody cena and santino yeah chris jericho and christian the two hardest cm punk closely follow them i did pull the sold listing on these figures christian last sold listing june 30th for an even 100 there were some ones that were crossed out but we didn't know what they sold for so i just went with the last sold listing wow one bill for that figure that's about right yep. given its age cm punk last sold listing june 13th mint on card by the way these are all mint on card 130 dollars Chris Jericho with the light-up jacket, last sold listing, June 13th as well, for $39.99. That's it? Dude, that was it. That shocked the hell out of me. I would put that one up there with Christian in terms of price point. Like, I figure at least 100 bucks, as you mentioned, he was really, really hard to find. And it's yep. an outstanding Jericho figure. Santino Morella with the Cobra. Last sold listing, May 26th for $34.99. Cody Rhodes with the horrible face. 
Last sold this thing July 1st for 45 bucks. Damn. More than Jericho? Uh, dude, I know. When you go through these sold listings, when you start looking through them, you're like, how is Santino Morella only $5 less than Jericho? Yeah, and then Cody's more than Jericho. Ew, eBay. <laughs> and last but not least, John Cena. Last sold listing. Now, this is loose. I did say all of them are mint on card. I take that back. This was a loose with all the accessories. There were none mint on card that had sold recently. So I went with the loose with all the accessories. Last sold listing with loose with all the accessories, June 15th for 40 bucks. So John Cena loose with all the accessories sold for one penny more than the Jericho mint on card. Insanity. Insanity. There's no way you can predict this. I don't get it. I was going to guess like 10 bucks because you consider how many John Cena figures are out there. I know somebody paid 40 bucks. I guess the accessories just make it. That's crazy. That's why I'm holding on to all these Vader, Scott. One day it's going to pay off. (laughs) Yes, that'll be your retirement. Yeah, right. You're selling off 38 Vader figures. (laughs) So that is it for the nostalgia segment. As I said, nostalgia will probably be pushed off next week due to San Diego Comic-Con. Scott, it's time to get in the listener. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people, and I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, kicking off the listener segment is the great, the wonderful, the mechanical pencil himself. Wait, he's an actual mechanical pencil? <laughs> Rob Schneider is the stapler. <laughs> <laughs> just Justin Summers. Let's see what Justin's got to say. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my weekly question. And this week, let's talk music. And not just any part about music. Let's talk about concerts. And I want to know what has been some of your favorite concerts or artists you've seen perform live. And on the flip side, what are some of the worst? Now, I will openly admit I am not a huge concert goer. It's something about having to stand for several hours to listen to music that I can hear at home in a better quality, but I get the live environment. I'm just not huge on a lot of the settings. But let me start with some of my favorites because my least favorite or the worst is going to catch some people off guard potentially. I would say I have three favorites for different reasons. I'll go with one of just probably being one of the best live experiences you can get at a concert, but unfortunately I didn't necessarily see them in their prime and I only seen them on their most recent tour and that's Kiss. Didn't necessarily get into them until recently, or I should say I didn't decide to dive into their music as much until recently, but they were a band that I, I knew a handful of songs. So whenever I threw in Destroyer for the first time, like actually saying, okay, let me listen to this whole album. I go, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know this song too. Oh, I know this song too. Just kind of made it easier. So all around what they do, awesome. And then another great live experience, but not necessarily on the same level as Kiss, and that's Weird Al. I saw him twice on the same concert. Uh, He hit up Cleveland early in the tour, I believe, and then later on when they added several legs later, he showed up in Akron which is a little bit closer to me. So I had fun enough to see him twice on the same tour. And I think as a whole, what he does 
is such an awesome experience to see live. And the thing that I love about both of them, or at least the one time I seen Kiss, neither of them really had an opening act. I'm not huge on opening acts. On this last tour with Kiss, there was a painter that was the opening, and then Weird Al has nothing. Just him. And I love it. And then for nostalgia's sake, it's how I grew up. It's one of my favorite musical acts of all time. And honestly, one of the reasons I'm into collecting. That's the Insane Clown Posse. Seen ICP three times in my life. One at the Gathering of the Juggalos in 2003 when it was in my area. And the other two, a smaller show here locally to me. Did the VIP meet and greet too. It's, it's an experience if you like it. If you don't, I understand. But now for my worst. There's been one band that when I saw them live, I didn't care for them. Actually, come to think about it, there was two, but they had their different reasons. The one that won't shock people that I just thought of, Breaking Benjamin, co-headlined a tour with Five Finger Death Punch. I wanted to see Five Finger Death Punch. My fiance, or now fiance, wanted to see Breaking Benjamin, and they were the ones who went on last, and it was awful. I swear half their set was just covers. And then for the worst, the other half of the worst, I was in the pit for this band. They were a part of a, a festival for this particular year called Mayhem Fest. Co-headlining on the main stage that night was Killswitch Engage, Mushroomhead, and Marilyn Manson, who went on last. But in between Killswitch Engage and Marilyn Manson was Slayer, and I hated it. That's when I discovered I really don't care much for Slayer, and hearing them live is even worse. I know people love them. And I know people who try to defend them to me. But that day, it didn't rain blood, and it was just boring. So, those are my answers. What are yours? Can't wait to hear them. Please have your Slayer spayed or neutered, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Later. How dare you spay and neuter Tom Araya or Carrie King? Don't you <laughs> spay and neuter them. All right, Justin, you just hit Scott's feels with this question so what i'm going to do is i'm going to pull the string on his back and scott is going to verbal vomit now oh 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 i thought you were gonna just go into your oh. favorites and least favorites and then i would go into mine i thought you oh, wanted okay. to go first you should go first okay i'll go first so the worst concert and justin this is not anything against you i know you just mentioned him but my least favorite concert was insane clown posse Wait, you've seen Insane Clown Posse? So you actually drove somewhere to see Insane Clown Posse? I had this ex-girlfriend. Her brother didn't drive, who was a oh, huge ICP fan. That's right. I forgot about that. I was miserable at that show. And if there's any ICP fans, I'm sorry. It just wasn't for me. Did um, you wear your Eminem shirt? <laughs> no, I think I wore like the Hall and Nash NWO shirt. Where <laughs> yeah, the of outsider course you did. Shirt. I think I wore a wrestling shirt to that show. <laughs> I was going to say, because I've never known you to be an ICP fan. That's why when you said you went to a show, I was like, what? But okay, that I had totally forgotten about him being a huge ICP fan. Completely forgot. And he didn't drive. He had a disability that he couldn't get a driver's license. Gotcha. So we had to drive him out there to the show. It was literally the worst show. I had no fun. They did the Fago bath. I was like, this is... I don't understand the Fago thing. It just didn't resonate with me. I just 
did not have a good time at the show. So that is hands down the worst concert I have ever been to. Now, I will tie this back to wrestling. I did go see a band called Machine Head out here at the Maritime Hall in San Francisco, which is no longer there. But Maritime Hall was one of the best places to see a concert. I loved going to Maritime Hall for a concert. There was a band that opened up for Machine Head called Spineshank. The bassist saw that I was wearing a DX shirt. So he came up to me and this band that was on at the time was awesome and I didn't want to be interrupted. This bassist came up to me and started talking to me about DX. Well, in order to talk to him, I had to put my hand over my mouth to talk to him about wrestling. Well, he leans in as I'm talking to him and I poke him right in the eye. (laughs) You're such a heel. Oh, dude, I did a uh, Roddy Piper poke to the eye, dude. (laughs) And he's like holding his eye like the whole time I'm talking to him because it's like watering and shutting and stuff. Well, you know what? That's on him. He should have watched the Three Stooges, known how to block that. (laughs) So uh, it's kind of funny tying that back to wrestling because we were talking about DX. We were talking about it was the Attitude Era at the time. That's kind of a funny memory about seeing a show. One of the best things about concerts is going to a show and not knowing any bands on the undercard and they just blow you away. And that's one of the best feelings because you're like being opened up to a whole new world of bands that you didn't know. For example, and I know Scott, you're going to roll your eyes or whatever it may be, but uh, there's a band called Falling in Reverse. Some people know this band because the lead singer is dating Paige from WWE. And so Sean, special guest Sean was like, oh, dude, Falling in Reverse and A Day to Remember are playing in San Francisco. And I was like, let's go. And he goes, okay. He goes, I want to see Falling in Reverse. And he talks about Falling in Reverse so much. And I was like, oh, crap. He's going to build them up so much that I'm going to be so disappointed by them. I get there and their set was just absolutely awesome, dude. And I became a huge fan of them. And I told Sean, I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm now opened up to this whole new world of Falling in Reverse. And uh, of course, A Day to Remember kills. And I know this isn't really your forte, Scott, but I've been opened up to this whole new world that special guest Sean got me into. But those are some of the best concerts that I've ever been to. Some great memories going to concerts. One of the ones uh, where Kiss came back with the face paint on at San Jose Arena. The 96 reunion tour. Yep. When Gene Simmons got lifted up into the rafters doing God of Thunder. I'll never forget that scene. Like we were at the very last row at the top of the San Jose Arena. Yeah, our backs were literally against the wall. (laughs) We were up against the end of the stadium. And we're staring right at Gene Simmons up in the rafters, dude. That that's just an image I'll never forget. Anyways, those are some of the best concerts I've ever been to. Um, but there's one that will always take the cake, and I'm gonna end it on this one. One of the best concerts I ever saw was Pantera and Anthrax. Anthrax was opening for Pantera. This was with the John great John Bush, Scott. Oh, the second best singer that Anthrax ever had. No, I wouldn't even classify that one dude that was in between John Bush and bringing Belladonna back. Dan Nelson? Yeah. Oh, he was good, dude. <sighs> Dan Nelson was that guy like your fantasy football team, like your starting quarterback has a bye week. And you go to the wire, you're like, oh, this guy will do. He's fine. He's serviceable. That was Dan Nelson. <laughs> Anywho, Anthrax is opening up for Pantera. They're ending on the song, Bring the Noise. And John Bush yells, I don't want to see a pit here and a pit there. I don't want to see four pits going on. He goes, I want this whole floor being a pit. And John Bush goes, when we kick in, we want to see one huge pit. We want to see the floor being a pit. 
they kick in and our buddy Ed is tying his shoe as fans begin to start the pit and they're charging at Ed and he's, he's looking over his right shoulder and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he just got clobbered by the uh, forming of the pit as the floor. Oh no. Yeah. Then Pantera came on and absolutely killed it. So those are um, some of my favorite. Scott, you've been to so many concerts. I know you will have fun with this question. Totally. Uh, so the, the I'm going to start with the worst. And this might actually surprise some people. Guns N' Roses. What? Day on the Green, 92. The bill was Body Count, who were awesome. That's Ice-T's metal band, for those of you unfamiliar with Body Count. Then Metallica went on. Then Guns N' Roses closed the show. The problem was Body Count killed. Metallica killed. Guns N' Roses then took an hour and a half, almost two hours to take the stage. And it it got old real quick. Because we, you know, it was good music all night. We wanted Guns N' Roses on. I'm sure it was Axel taking his sweet ass time like he always did because the dude is a total diva. Allegedly. Come on. It's always <laughs> Axel, dude. There's a reason that it rhymes with asshole. <laughs> took his sweet time, comes on, and I couldn't have been less interested. And I was a gigantic Guns N' Roses fan. Bought Appetite for Destruction, bought GNR Lies, bought both Use Your Illusions, loved every second of it, couldn't stand them live. It just, it did nothing for me. And it really, their set slowed down because Axel had to do a piano piano solo. He did like two or three of them. And I was just like, come on, dude. Like, if we want piano, we'll go see Elton John. Like, we're at Guns <laughs> N' Roses, man. Come on. It was just, it dragged. It wasn't good. And it actually made me way less of a Guns N' Roses fan, surprisingly, after the show. Oh. So I'll lead off with the worst. That's definitely the worst. Uh, honorable mentions, White Zombie. I saw them open for Pantera, and they were incredible. It's one of the craziest crowds I've ever been a part of. White Zombie was amazing. And this was before Rob Zombie's solo career. That was in Sacramento. I remember that. Yeah. White Zombie just absolutely killed. Uh, White Zombie was amazing. Uh, Machine Head. I saw them in Santa Cruz in 20... I believe it was end of 2018? Yes. End of 2018. And it was the last show with Phil Demmel and Dave on drums. And it was... Just Machine Head is so good live yeah. when Phil and Dave are in the band. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so Machine Head was awesome. Of course, Kiss. They were... Dude. Every time I've seen Kiss, it's just been great. I've seen them without makeup. I've seen them with makeup. Getting to see them in 96 at the reunion tour was three-year-old Scott fulfilling a lifelong dream to see makeup Kiss in concert. Because when I started really being able to like understand music and want to go to shows, Kiss was done with the makeup. So when they put the makeup back on in 96, I was like 22. That was amazing. Because now I got to relive my childhood, like early, early years childhood, getting to see makeup Kiss in concert. So And, and then, of course, being able to go with you and Big Dave just that made it even better. So being a part of that was just amazing. And if you ever have, as Justin himself said, if you ever had a chance to see Kiss, go see him. They put, even if you're not really into their music, you'll know most of the songs and they put on a hell of a stage show. 
Do you remember when we got those tickets for that show? Uh, I, I think Big Dave's mom got them. No, we were in Disneyland at the time. And we had to call Ticketmaster from the hotel room trying to get those tickets. Oh, is that how we did it? <laughs> we were at Disneyland and we were trying to get those tickets calling from the hotel room because obviously no cell phones or internet or anything like that. <laughs> we had to be next to a phone. I don't even remember that, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, we had to get those tickets from the hotel room. And I remember when we got to the arena, they had those giant inflatable kiss, all four members out front. Yep. That was awesome. Um, Man, the best. <sighs> I know you're going Iron Maiden. Well, it's it's hard to not say Iron Maiden because every time I've seen Metallica, they've been incredible. I'm going to see Metallica again at Aftershock this year in October. Uh, right. They're headlining two of the three or two of the four nights, I should say. And they're going to be awesome. Metallica's always super good. Pantera was, I mean, you never get to see Pantera again. So being able to see them the three or four times I got to see them, they slayed every single time. But yeah, dude, I think so. Like, Oh, and Ghost. Honorable mention, if you ever have a chance to go see a Ghost show, you know, my wife is a huge fan of theirs. But much like Kiss, the presence on stage, the stage show itself, the music is incredible, but the stage show that goes with it just Ghost kills. But dude, Iron Maiden is just... I can't say enough good things about them. They, they're getting up there in years. They're getting older. But every single Maiden show I've been to has been better than the previous one. And I don't know how they do it. They're getting older and they're getting better. They just had a new song release. Today's Thursday. A new song release just today. No announcement of a new album. No announcement of a U.S. tour. I would imagine it's all going to go in line with their Europe tour next June and July. I'm sure we'll have something in the States next year. But, man, Iron Maiden is just incredible. If I had to put a top three together, I'm going Maiden, Kiss, Pantera. All right. And those are, and you can still see Kiss. They're on their farewell tour. Highly recommend you get a show in if you have a chance when they come back around. Just go see them. I've known people that aren't Kiss fans that come away going, that's the best show I've ever been to. And like I said, you're going to know most of this. Just like Justin said, too, you know most of the songs. Go for the stage show. Be amazed at what they can do in their 70s. Like, it's it's so kick-ass. Same for Maiden. They're getting up there like 60s. But, dude, you're hard-pressed to find a better stage show than those guys. So, top three, Kiss, Maiden, Pantera. The farewell tour that is lasting 20 years. Uh, blame COVID. That at least added two years to it. <laughs> The farewell tour that has gone on for 18 years. <laughs> or you can call it 22 years. It's fine. But I'll tell you what, dude. I'll tell you what. I have to get a ticket to their very last show. I feel that that would be probably number one on my bucket list to see Kiss's last performance ever. I'll be crying like a baby in the audience and I'm not even going to be shy about it. Probably will be in Kiss face paint again. But I have to go to Kiss's last show. I have to. I, I'll i try to get tickets at face value. If I can't, I'm going to have to do what I have to do. Maybe open up an OnlyFans or something. But I will do what I have to do to be at Kiss's last show. I've already put the wife on notice. She tried to put me in check. I didn't listen. I have to be at Kiss's last show. It, it is going to be a mission of mine to be there. It may turn into Detroit Rock City, the movie. 
where I have to do questionable things to get a ticket, but I've got to be there. Scott's going to open up an OnlyFans for his feet. <laughs> hey, if you're a fan of hairy toes, hit me up. <laughs> oh, disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. <laughs> I love it. Good question this week, Justin. You really brought it with that one, dude. Yes, absolutely. And I'm jealous that you've seen Weird Al. I've... Oh, let me, you know what? Let me throw something in about Weird Al. I almost forgot to mention it when he had said Weird Al. It triggered a memory. Uh, one of my coworkers has a special needs son who is very, very educated in music. Likes all forms of it. He's a young guy. I think he's in his early 20s. But he's done a lot of history on music and he listens to all of it. He actually works at the building and anytime you see him, he's got his headphones on. Just He's like a savant with music. Like the dude knows his stuff. His favorite musician is Weird Al. He loves Weird Al. So my coworker took his son to a Weird Al show, ended up talking to somebody at the show, mentioned that his son, special needs, big fan of Weird Al. They actually took his son backstage and Weird Al brought him back, chatted with him, took time with him, signed some autographs. He didn't have a special ticket or anything to go back there. Just somebody had a conversation with my coworker that somebody had a conversation with Weird Al that coworker's son was taken backstage to have a moment with Weird Al. And man, that's the kind of stuff that goes a long way with, with me as a wrestling fan. Like I know when a wrestler takes time with me, like, boom, I'm an instant fan, a fan for life. Same goes with musicians, especially considering, you know, my wrestling is this kid's music and he just had a moment with his favorite. And so that went a long way with me. I have, I, lo- I like Weird Al's music, but as a person, I can't say enough good things about Weird Al. Oh, that's cool, dude. Very cool. Very, very cool. I love hearing stuff like that. Me too. And Justin, thank you for sending in your question this week. Take a break next week, man. A great question this week. And to and also remember to have your Axl Rose spayed and neutered. <laughs> or just removed from the premises. <laughs> Last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff, it's Scott JT here back with that weekly question. All right, Jeff, since I can't convince you to join the Oreo side of the force, what is your favorite type of Chips Ahoy cookies? I'm going chewy. To me, soft, chewy cookies are the best thing since sliced bread. You're right. Yes. You, you hit it right on the head. Yes, Soft, sir. chewy chocolate chip. There's that- a reason you leave your Oreo in the milk a little bit too long. Because you love that squish. Yep. 100% chewy. Absolutely chewy. Miss Fields, chewy. Perfect cookie. Same with Chips Ahoy. Go chewy. And one thing I do like to add is if I do have a Chips Ahoy soft and chewy cookie, I do like to mix it in with ice cream. Because of it being so soft and chewy that I like to kind of mash it into uh, ice cream. Very good. Plain vanilla ice cream. Very good. and just mashing it in, it's so good. I love having the cookie crumbles in there, uh, the chocolate chips adding to the ice cream. It is fantastic. Fat Boy Jeff kind of came out there a little bit. Oh, dude, I've eaten so much since my coworker's been out here. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no cardio's working. <laughs> and here I am talking about cheeseburgers when you visit on Saturday. <laughs> I know, right? We're making you chicken wings and stuff. Hey. Sometimes you just got to tear it up, dude. Fast next week. Oh, man. My poor toilet lately. (laughs) Your colon's like, come on, dude. Seriously? 
<laughs> it's all backed up. It's all what the hell? <laughs> like more meat, great. <laughs> My stomach's all more meat, great. <laughs> <laughs> My colon's all more meat, great. <laughs> I can recommend coffee to you as a good cleanser. Uh, now get that out of here, dude. <laughs> Never you can sweeten like... it up. Ugh, gross. Okay. It helps. I'm just saying. Oh, I know, I've heard. I've heard. You know, the, all those 80s uh, glam rock songs always sang about keeping your motor clean or keeping your pipes clean. It's like every song had that mentioned. I think they were talking about drinking coffee and cleansing your colon. I know they were talking about drinking. I don't think it was drinking coffee, though, dude. <laughs> oh, I misunderstood. <laughs> I'm listening to it as an old man. I'm sorry. Motley Crue did not mean coffee in their songs, dude. <laughs> Maybe they're talking about a different motor being clean. I don't know. <laughs> I need to go back and listen again. Motor bean clean. What? Whoa. <laughs> what? Moving on. Great <laughs> questions. I like that we were able to take it off a little bit of wrestling fit because next week is going to be so heavy on news and it's going to be like wrestling figures down your throat. It was kind of nice to change gears a little bit, uh, a little bit this week with the questions from Justin and JT. I loved it. I do want to say, I want to go back to Justin's question real quick. I wanted to add my very first concert was kiss and it was, uh, the mine kiss. too. Oh no, I take that back. Nope. No, nope, no. Nope. Yeah. You went before I did. It was kiss. Um, which album was that? Revenge. 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 No makeup for the record. That was, that was the show that it was trickster, great white firehouse and kiss. Yep. There's four bands on the bill. And Great White's lead singer came over to the side of the stage where we were at. So we were sitting up in the seats. And uh, he looks over and he goes, come on, get up, everybody. Now he's looking in our general direction. But Scott throws him the bird. And he says, all right, your mom was on my face last night. And we're like, wait a second. Did he say that to us? (laughs) (laughs) Scott is looking at me like, Dude, that was like one of the coolest things to ever happen to me at a concert <laughs> at this time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't rush the stage. <laughs> no, we I, thought it was hella cool. <laughs> I took it like a real man. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, that was another great show. Uh, Kiss killed it. I remember Eric Singer did a drum solo and that was fantastic. He's always good. He's, he plays the role of Peter Chris now. And that dude is so good on the drums. Yeah, he's like 50 times better than Peter Chris. I would say he's even better than Dale. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Yep. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's Eric Singer and then Dale. Because, you know, Dale rocks the shit out of those drums. I'd agree with that. I'll go yeah. with you on that. But that rounds out the show. We want you guys to check out Wrestling Toy Tracker, where you can check out the carded and loose prices of LJN's Galoobs, Hasbro's Just Toys Bendems, Defining Moments, and retros check it out wrestlingtoytracker.com and i'm kind of gonna do something different this week we you guys know the podcast buddies you guys know seth and sheena and marco at the chick-fil-a show you know breaker and bane and steve at the ppw podcast which i went to the second best taqueria oh you went back there did you you didn't take steve this time though because steve wasn't in town no steve steve never comes to my town oh i always i always go out there and see him but he's only been out here once to see me I wonder if he'd take you to, like, the second best pizza place in Chicago. I bet that's so good. (laughs) Yes. Better than most anything we have here in California. (laughs) Except Porky's. Porky's is on a different level. Love Porky's. Good point. But I do want to throw it over to the listeners. And I want to thank GBM. I want to thank Dobro. Dobro was messaging us 
and checking in on mom. Our mom just had surgery and, uh, Dobro was actually kind of checking in on, on us and seeing how mom was doing. So I, w- I do want to thank Dobro. I want to thank GBM for doing the giveaway. Uh, we love Hova over here and Sammy Sith Lord, Sammy Evans. I do want to thank him. He was also kind of messaging, Hey, hope you're good. And also Nick Haddix and the family over there. I just want to throw it out to those, those listeners. And I want to thank the listeners in general for keeping us going. You know, Scott and I are just goofing off over here, having a great time. And it seems like you guys have been enjoying it lately. We've been a lot more loose and a lot more fluid over here. And we want to thank you guys uh, for reaching out and just sending us messages, whether it's DMS on Facebook, DMS on Instagram or DMS on Twitter. You guys have really, really brightened our spirits the past few weeks. So I want to thank you guys. That really means a lot. So uh, to everyone I thanked, Thank you guys for taking the time and messaging us. Yeah. And you don't want to leave anybody out. You know, that's the bad thing is you mention names and you forget somebody. You're like, oh, damn it. And you remember the next week and, you know, they're Steve Hoker and Travis. They're always messaging us and. And ring skirts. (laughs) Yeah. And ring skirts. Christopher Dean, of course, Tim from the Pulling Up a Chair podcast and Ethan. You know, we have all these great conversations with you guys. And if we left anybody out, we're. We're very, very sorry, but you guys do mean the world to us. And like Jeff said, we've been kind of, I guess, loose lately. Not changing formats or anything, but just a little bit looser and just kind of touching on some different stuff. And I think the listener segment this week is a perfect example of that. Um, If you guys are cool with it, then cool. We'll keep doing it because I think you and I are just kind of having fun now, Jeff. You know, it was, it's a different vibe. You know, we just kind of... You know, if it makes us laugh, if we find it fun, we're just going to kind of throw it in. And if you guys can roll with the punches and enjoy it with us, then, hey, that's even better. Uh, If you want to rein us back in, if we're getting kind of a little bit too out there and pull us back in, just let us know. You know, it's we've always said, if if you like it, great. If not, tell us what we can do to make it better. But, yeah, thank you guys so much. And, I, Jeff, you mentioned Dobro, and I do want to throw a a shout-out to Dobro as well when my mother-in-law was having her procedures done earlier this year. He was reaching out and checking in and Dobro checks in all the time. And we've said it so many times. Dobro is such a great guy and Dobro, we love you, dude. We can't say enough good things about you. Thank you for being a part of this family with us and all of you guys. Just thank you for, for making this show what it is, Jeff. I love that you went listeners this week. Great call. You guys truly mean the world to us. You really do. Can't forget good sister Tara as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So just wanted to throw it out to them this week. I think they deserved a shout out. I know Scott does it every once in a while. And I wanted to do that this week as kind of a thank you. Uh, As I mentioned, mom went through surgery and Dobro reached out and he was checking in on her and everything. And she's doing fine. She's recovering well. Um, But the fact that Dobro was checking in just meant a lot. And I wanted to actually kind of turn it to the listeners this week and not so much. Well, We'll do. We'll go back to the podcast buddies next week, but I, this week was to the listeners. So, I love it, dude. Scott, with that, anything else? Yes, head on over to Jason Wolf's website. I'll mention Jason Wolf real quick, our amazing artist. Head over to Doyle D O Y L E Draws dot com. Get in touch with them, commission them for artwork, or purchase something he's already made. And Jeff, aside from that, stay safe, stay healthy, fig life since twenty sixteen, and happy toy hunting. And I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 287 and get excited for next week because it's San Diego Comic-Con. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios.
Yeah. Fully hoseable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.